Hi, I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and today we're going to be chatting about do you freak out when you get on the scales and how can we focus on our health and make it a lot more meaningful than just focusing on our weight. Now, I want to say probably more than most people, I weighed myself constantly when I was younger. As I've talked about on this podcast before, I had a lot of uh, eating disordered issues in my younger dancing years and was on the scales every day, probably multiple times a day, because I was just so obsessed with the number on the scales. Now, having to grown up and done a lot more study and education in the areas of health and fitness, obviously I've been able to learn a lot more and, you know, change my views, but learn enough to know that having this focus on the scales is not a healthy way to be for a number of reasons. Because we're obsessing over that number of the scales, I'm not sure about you, but I know that every time I used to get on the scales, I would always feel bad. I never ever felt great because even if I hit the weight that I wanted to hit, then I thought I should have been less than that. So if that makes sense. So whenever I was over, I felt terrible. And then even when I did hit the weight, if I wasn't less than what I wanted to hit, then I still didn't feel good anyway. And because I set a goal that was so unrealistic and so low, I never hit the goal. So that's the other thing too. I think a lot of the times we set these goals for our weight on the scales and they're not realistic. And that can be in a few different ways in the sense that we can sort of say, okay, we want to be 60 kilos, but say yesterday we were 63. If we get on the scales, we're not going to be 60 kilos because it's not possible to lose three kilos of weight in a day unless you don't drink anything and you severely dehydrate yourself. So I think having realistic goals, but also I think there are a lot of other better health measures than using the scale. And, you know, you probably might've noticed now, maybe, you know, many, many years ago, you go to the doctor and you do a physical and they'd get you to hop on the scales. Nowadays, scales are kind of the thing of the past. You don't really see them in doctor's offices, not very often anyway. And I know even during my pregnancies, I think I was weighed just once in my second pregnancy. I wasn't weighed at all during my first pregnancy. So things have definitely changed in how we relate to the scales. From the nutrition world, we tend to focus now more on waist measurement rather than the scales because our waste management can give us a better indication of whether or not we're at risk of heart disease and that. So, you know, a lot more research has been done and there's been a 
great correlation that they have found, a life-saving correlation with our waist circumference and our risk of disease. So this is probably more the sort of general and um, more followed practice that is now done by health practitioners is, is doing our measurements rather than stepping onto the scales. Now, other ways that I think is great to think about how healthy are we rather than getting on the scales because our scales don't tell us if we're healthy. We could be, you know, weighing a, a very low weight, let's say 50 kilos, but if we're eating nothing but, you know, one meal of McDonald's a day and drinking Coke, then we're still not healthy, even though you might weigh less. So my point through this is you can be underweight and not being healthy you can be in a healthy weight range and still not be healthy or you could be overweight and you could have a much more healthier profile than somebody that is a lower weight and what i mean by overweight is if again you might be at that higher end of the scales that you're not happy with and you might think it's overweight but for your size and your shape and your bone structure it might actually be the appropriate weight so a lot of things come into forming our weight it's not just what we eat and drink you know right now it's our genetics too it's our bones some skeletons are heavier than others uh, it's our frame so all of these things our age our sex all of these things come and add in onto our weight and so sometimes when we focus on the scales we kind of forget all about that so how do we know what else what other things can we use to help us know how healthy we are well a few things that I love to use when I'm working with clients is thinking about how do your clothes fit so if you have been in your same size of clothes for a while and then you're finding that those clothes aren't fitting, then that's just a good indication that you are putting on weight because those clothes aren't fitting anymore. And if you are trying to lose weight and then you're finding that your clothes are fitting better or they're even getting loose, then that's a good indication that you are actually losing weight. So looking at how your clothes fit is a really great place to start. Then also thinking about how much energy do you have? So do you wake up in the morning feeling energetic or do you wake up thinking, oh, I could just do with another hour or two of sleep and I'm definitely going to need a coffee. So our energy is also a reflection of our health. So again, if you're feeling really energetic, you might be at the higher weight end, end, but feeling really energetic and you're probably, most probably, and you know, blood tests and stuff can sort of uh, help you just reinforce this, you're probably going to be better health than someone that's waking up feeling extremely tired every day that may actually have, um, you know, it might just not be that they're just not going to bed at the, an early enough time, maybe they're not getting great sleep, maybe they're getting interrupted sleep, or potentially they might have something like a thyroid issue or an autoimmune condition that they haven't uh, sort of discovered yet that may be affecting their energy levels. So looking at how we feel and our energy is a really great indicator of our health. Now, we touched on sleep there, but our sleep is also a really good indicator. So are you sleeping well? Are you waking up a lot during the night? Are you waking up tired in the morning? And changing what we do with our sleep routines can be really beneficial. So things like blocking blue light. So I've got my blue light blocking glasses, which I swear by and definitely believe that they have helped improve my sleep. I definitely have a much 
deeper sleep, making sure that you're not eating too you know, late before going to bed so that you're giving yourself a good couple of hours before you know, you go to bed when you have your last meal so that you've got plenty of time to digest. And then also things like, you know, maybe you need to have a warm shower, make sure that your bedroom is cool enough and not too hot. All of these sleep hygiene, you know, things that you can do can make a huge amount of difference to your sleep. And then in the end, if you're doing all these changes and you haven't had any changes in your sleep, you're still not sleeping very well or waking up really tired, then that's when you can work with your GP or your health practitioner talk about what's been happening. Maybe you're suffering from sleep apnea and you know it would be a good idea to go to a sleep clinic to get that checked out. Maybe you need to get your bloods done to see if there is any underlying thyroid issues or you know chronic fatigue or anything like that that's been detected. But again, once you've gone through that sleep routine, then you can see your doctor and check all that out and get your sleep back on track as well. Now, another level I like to think about when we're talking about our health and not just focusing on our weight to see how healthy we are is what's your level of pain? So are you, do you have achy hips? Do you have a sore back? When we talk about lower back pain, is it just a, you know, a one out of 10 on the scale of 10 being really bad back pain or every day are you waking up with chronic pain? That's, you know, a seven or an eight every day and it feels debilitating or stops you from doing activities. So again, pain can be, you know, your body's way of communicating with you that things are wrong. So maybe we need to move more. Maybe we need to, you know, do some release. Maybe we also need to get our inflammation checked. So inflammation is a huge topic and something that, you know, is getting talked about a lot more, but things that cause inflammation in our body that can affect our energy and how we sleep and how we move and our level of pain is the food that we're putting into our bodies. So if we're eating foods high in sugar or that are high in our seed oils, these can cause inflammation in our body. Deep fried foods, same type of thing. These convenience, packaged foods, takeaways, you know, all these type of foods are going to be inflammatory for the body. Other inflammatory practices may be not drinking enough water. So if we're not hydrating ourselves, we can put ourselves in an inflammatory state. If we're not getting enough fiber and really, you know, pushing out um, and detoxifying our body because we're not eating those great foods or moving enough, then that can be another cause of inflammation as well. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast just quickly to let you know about Lean 14. If you want to have more energy, lose weight, start moving and just feel really good again, but maybe you're not sure where to start, then definitely check out my program Lean 14. Now Lean 14 is a complete program with a 14-day food and meal plan, recipes, shopping lists, Pilates workouts, templates for meal prepping and goal setting, as well as video trainings to help you kickstart your health and fitness. It really provides you with an easy to follow, clear plan of where to start with your diet, nutrition, looking after yourself, and the best bit, you can start at any time and there's no crazy food or expensive equipment or complicated instructions involved. It's really simple, it's easy, and best of all, it's effective. And I don't want you to miss out. 
To grab it now, simply head over to the show notes and click the Lean 14 link or head on over to the Mind Movement Health website and under the Programs tab, you can hit Lean 14. Now, this program is based on my 18 years of experience of working in the health and fitness field and the results that I've gotten for thousands of women that I have worked with during that time. So head on over to the show notes and check it out because it will change your life. Also not moving our body. So if our joints aren't getting, you know, the lubrication they need by moving, then that can be another area of inflammation as well. Also on top of that, we've got outside things. So it might be the products that you're using if they're containing chemicals in them. You know, lots of things that we don't even think about. Our shampoo and conditioner, you know, the face cream that we put on, the body lotion, the sunscreens, all of these products that we're applying directly to our skin or our body contain chemicals unless we're actively seeking out, you know, the products that don't contain them. And these chemicals can build up in our body and they can cause different levels of inflammation. So inflammation may present, as I said, as pain. It may present as brain fog. So you just can't concentrate really well. It may present as just being tired. So there are lots of different ways. And then the outside things on top of that may be exposure to mold or heavy toxins. So if you've been living in a house and it doesn't have to be right now. So a lot of people will sort of say, oh yeah, well, my house doesn't have mold. It could be from 10 years ago. It could be the last place you were living in five years ago. And again, that can cause inflammation in the body. When it comes to heavy metals and toxins, again, you can get these tested refer to your GP for getting those appropriate tests, but these can build up in the body if we've been exposed to metals in the sense that maybe we've been eating, you know, fish a few times a week because we know fish is good for our body. But if we're eating fish that's, you know, containing high levels of mercury, and these tend to be the bigger type of fish that eat the smaller fish. So things like tuna, you know, that a lot of people don't sort of think about, they know that it's healthy for you, but too much of it can, you know, boost up your mercury levels and cause a lot of inflammation. These heavy metals can be another thing to look at when it comes to inflammation too and our level of pain. Now, when we're looking at reducing our pain, it's really great to just do one thing at a time. So maybe it's, you know, starting to include some stretches every day. A client was just saying to me last week, they said, oh, I saw one of your posts online and you were saying how adding in some stretches every day some squats every day can get rid of lower back pain. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. Like squats are amazing. They don't have to be deep squats. They can be just sitting down and and getting up out of a chair. And they said to me, oh, well, you know, so I I added in some squats. I did that for a couple of days in a row. And he, and he said, my back pain is gone. It's gone. I, I was really surprised. And I said, that's because we're getting our glutes active, our core active, and these big muscles are really supportive for keeping our lower back functioning and free of pain. So these easy habits that we can add in can help reduce pain. And I always say, start with that sort of movement first, because it's a really simple thing that you can do, whether or not it's an exercise or some stretches, and then look at 
you know, each step one at a time. Look at your diet. Where can we cut out processed foods? Where can we increase more fiber? Can we prioritize our sleep more to help reduce our inflammation? Are we drinking enough water? So all these things we can just add in step by step and they give us a much better indication of our health than what the scales are saying. Now, finally, I want to touch on our emotions. And if we sort of feel like that we're getting angry quick or frustrated quick, or we are having issues with our concentration. So as I just touched on with that inflammation, that can affect our emotions. So it's that full cycle that we always talk about, because if you're not sleeping very well, you can wake up feeling tired. When you're tired, you definitely have a shorter fuse, okay? And you often reach for more sugary foods. So you each reach for that muffin that's higher in sugar. You have that crash after having that. So your blood sugar levels drop quickly you know your kids start fighting with each other and you yell at them because you're tired you've just had a crash of sugar where your blood sugar level has dropped you've got that short fuse because your inflammation is high and then you snap so even just checking in to see how we feel mentally you know are we in a really good place are we feeling anxious are we feeling quick to feel different emotions you know thinking about um, you know driving in the car and someone cuts you off in traffic are you immediately straight to how could you do that to me you're terrible you're a terrible driver you know and sort of go into that rant even in your head and because that counts as well or can you be calm and just be like you know I don't know what's happening in that person's day maybe they didn't do the right thing there but you know we're all safe we're all fine and I can let them in so you know really sort of thinking about your emotional state and you know, how that is and what you can do to support that. Now, we know from the things that I was just talking about with reducing inflammation, all of those practices also help promote a healthy mental state too. We know the food that we ingest is directly related to how we feel. And so many studies now are showing the direct correlation with anxiety and depression with the food that you eat. So higher levels of sugar and nitrates are directly related back to increased levels of anxiety and depression. So we can really support our mood and our health just through the food we eat. When we exercise too and moving our body, we release endorphins. So endorphins are released and they're our happy hormones. They give it this this our nice high so if you aren't moving and again you're just feeling a little bit down maybe you're feeling a bit anxious just moving your body for a few minutes can actually help improve that mental health as well so lots of things tied in together all the things we're talking about with inflammation can definitely help improve our mood but also how we're feeling and how we react to things which is again really important when we're talking about health so do we need to stress about what the number says on the scales? Well, you know my answer, it's a definite big no. I haven't weighed myself well. So the last time would have been when I was pregnant with Charlotte. So, you know, six to seven years ago, and that was only because the doctor asked me to hop on the scales. But other than that, I don't weigh myself and I feel so much better for not doing that because, you know, you're just having that constant Sometimes I know when you are weighing yourself, you'll make sure you weigh yourself when you haven't eaten anything or you'll restrict what you eat the day before or you'll increase the exercise you do because you want that number on the scales to go down. But really that number is looking at a tiny blip in time. And if you weighed yourself, you know, in the morning, 
you'd be a different weight to what you are in the afternoon because our weight fluctuates all day, every day, 365 days a year. So just like our health, there's never one constant state that our weight is in. It's always going to be ebbing and flowing, especially for women, depending on what time of the month you're at with your hormones, how much water you're retaining, whether or not you've just done an exercise session and sweat, whether or not you've just eaten a meal, all of these things affect our weight. So I think it's just a great thing to think about our overall health and to avoid focusing on, you know, the number that pops up on the scales. So what other metrics can you use besides, again, we've talked about our clothes fitting and our energy and our level of pain and how our mood is. You can also use things like smart trackers and watches nowadays. So you can track how many steps you are. You can track how many hours sleep you get. And that is going to give you a really great measure of your health. You can also look at you know, counting the number of glasses of water you have in one day, because you know that drinking six to eight glasses is going to be way better than drinking two and being in that dehydrated state. You can also look at when were you last sick? So that is a fantastic measure of your health too and your immunity is looking at, you know, have you been sick a lot? Have, did you in the last year, you just have one cold, so you were pretty good. You know, maybe you haven't been sick for six months. So looking at our level of illness is also another great way to track our health. Also, how many days in a row have you been active? Have you moved your body? What are the number of, you know, vegetables that you've eaten today? So all these different parameters are great ways that we can look at our health and feel healthy and feel positive about what we're doing to support ourselves than getting on those scales and feeling that sort of negative dragging down feeling that doesn't support anything what you're doing. So it can just often lead to more restrictive, you know, measures in what you're doing, which isn't generally going to be very healthy for you anyway. And I can say that speaking from experience and having been through that for many years. So I really hope this discussion about, you know, using your scales and it's not to say that scales are terrible, you know, they can be used with care with just as a good check-in measure. So, you know, I generally say if clients say to me, you know, I do want to use my scales because, you know, that just makes me feel better, then I generally recommend that you're just getting on them once a week, you know, pick the same time each week, jump on measure without clothes on if you can. So then you just set that baseline same time every week, you know, same amount of clothes on or the same clothes on. That's where if we can eliminate clothes, we're not going to change, you know, the different heaviness of what you're wearing and all that sorts of thing. And then just have that once a week check-in. But if you don't need to and you're happy without, then ditch the scales and look at all these other health parameters and go by generally how your clothes are fitting. That is the best measure for your weight. But for your general health, we're looking at all those things we've touched on, how we're sleeping, how we're eating, how's our energy. All these types of things are actually going to give us a better overall measure of what our health is at. All right. So. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please head on over to your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can even leave me a review. I read each and every one and really look forward to reading those. All right. Have a fantastic week, everybody, and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. 
please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.